Hey, Happy! Am I on? My mic's not on. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. Nope, I got... Hey, hey! What are we... Is it Happy Wednesday? Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hey, if you're normally used to like a really short segment right before the end of the first hour, that's kind of where we are right now, so we're kind of going to race along here. John Cook, Cooking the Monster, and my partner Garrett C. right with you. We are joined in studio again today by Danny Holbrook. Thank you for an extra long baseball game to shorten up a show when the three of us have things we want to say and we get to say them in an hour. Yeah. It's kind of the way it's going to work, so... How was your, I asked you guys before we went on the air, and we had a not-so-fun conversation about how my weekend. How was yours? Great. Fantastic. Lovely. Didn't do anything. Ditto. Ditto. I didn't do a whole lot. It's, uh, You're always doing stuff. I know. Track meets and I do. Track whatnot. meets and hanging out with my wife and all that good stuff. So the Tribe beat the Reds again. Do we have to talk about it? E- no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. I'd like to give people the score. What was it? Like, we sat right here and listened seven to it while to three, we talked. 7-3, to three. Yeah, yeah. I, I sat down to fill out my, uh, I, I make the Sports Center uh, sheet, and I'm like, oh, damn it, click the wrong button again. Um, <laughs> it's not going well. You said uh, tribe. Uh, did I? I don't care. You said tribe. I, the, a group of guardians is a tribe. I'm declaring that, and they can change me. 7-3, to three, I believe. It reminds me of uh, Jackie Moon. You said tribe. <laughs> So that's the end of the first hour. <laughs> hour yeah. number two, yep. straight ahead here on Cooking the Monster. You want to stick with us because we do kind of have our stuff together. We're going to get into some stuff. Probably try to do a poll question reset since we really didn't get to have a poll question conversation. But it was a busy weekend. Been a busy week thus far. We're going to try to squeeze in as much as we can. Dan Snyder's back in the news. That'll be our football 515 segment. And uh, Baker Mayfield chose to speak on a podcast this week, which is, for lack of a better way of saying it, always entertaining. So we hope you'll stick around and join us for what is a shortened show today. Shortened show's bad for some, good for others. We'll make it the best for you that we can. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Hour number two <laughs> here on Cookie and the Monster. Thanks so much for joining us. It's hour number two, but it's minute number four. There we go. Hour number two, <laughs> minute number four. Feels a lot like my work day. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, however you've chosen to make us part of your day, whether you've got us on your radio at 93onthefan.com or on the free 93onthefan app. We appreciate you making time for us. We touched briefly at the end of the first hour on the fact that the Guardians hung another L on the Reds. I, I suppose it's, i got to be careful about how I say things. We carry the Guardians, and I'm a Reds fan, so it makes Man, it kind of difficult. They're not listening. But for those of you that are scoring at home, or even if you're alone, the Guardians have won four straight. Mm-hmm. They opened their season with six consecutive road games and went four and two. I mean, it was against two bad teams. Uh, uh, understanding <laughs> that they've got four straight wins and two of those are against the, the Reds. That notwithstanding, they are four and two. They have more wins than anyone in their division thus far in the season. I mean, the White Sox are 3-1, and one, have a better record, but they've not played as many games. They have more wins than anyone in their division. The Reds, consequently, or conversely, I should say, are 2-4. and four. They have more losses than anyone in their division. And they apparently have an owner who just doesn't have any interest in being liked by a single person that wants to root for his franchise. I don't know Phil Castellini at all, and I'm not sure I want to. 
based on the things that have occurred this week. Garrett, for those who may not know, enlighten our listeners as to what Phil Castellini may have done in the last 24 to 40 hours to endear himself to the Cincinnati public and the Reds' rooting group as a whole. Uh, he was asked on a radio station yesterday about you know the, the criticism that he receives or the, the family receives, and this was what he had to say. Sloney asked you about the quote, show little faith in this, right? Yeah. And I, I saw you got right to the cold. So you, you have people enough. who say, look, uh, faith is earned 15 years of ownership. They haven't won to the extent that we would like. And so you had my faith, but you've lost it. Why should that fan maintain trust in you? Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> Let's start there. I mean, sell but the team to who? I mean, well, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? You know, if you want to look at what would you do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, mm -hmm. it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. Yeah. And so be careful what you ask for. You know, I think we're doing the best we can do with the resources well, that we I, have. I, I, we're no more pleased yeah. with the results than the right. fans. I'm not sitting here saying anybody should be. I'm not polishing any trophies in the office <laughs> yeah. right now, and that's what we're here to do. But, you know, the bottom line is, and, and I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work. Uh, and they came this close to working and didn't. Uh, nobody's got to right. tell me it you didn't try work. It. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So I think we've learned Different from those approach. things. And trust me, Nick is is a is a he is a guy on a That's mission. Your guy. And uh, he is a bull in a china shop that has his way to do it, and that way is to grow your own. And he's doing just that. Phil Castellini, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Danny, you've been a, a lifelong Reds fan, as have I. Ugh. You you made a statement before we were able to get on the air that I thought was very interesting about. Don't say that on the air. Oh, not that one. The other no, one. no. Okay. We won't say. Okay. We won't okay. say many of the things that we say <laughs> off the air. Although we have said a few. From Thankfully, time to time. man, that'll happen. That'll happen. But I, I don't like. I said, don't know Phil Castellini. I've invested very little time in trying to understand Phil Castellini's track record as an owner. I, to be honest with you, as a Reds fan, I was so stunned by the Marge Shot era that I just decided I don't care who the owner is as long as it's not her anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. How do you hear? what he just said, process it, and come away from it with, what What are your feelings? Well, listen, I'm going to sound like old suburban crotchety sit-on-my-porch-yell-at-kids guy. Okay? Well, the only thing you aren't is suburban, so go yes, ahead. Exactly, yes, exactly, yes, <laughs> exactly. So, and, and, it, and it, for me, it, it, it goes to economics, and maybe it shouldn't. I, I'm, a, I'm a Reds fan, and I've been a Reds fan my whole life, but here's the deal. If I take my wife and my two kids to Cincinnati for a ball game, I, I'm going to spend $40 in gas, well... <laughs> That's yeah. debatable. You I'm would gonna, have once. Yeah. If we're going for the weekend, if it's our summer vacation, like it is for a lot of people, we're going for the weekend. We're going to spend $400, $500 in hotel. We're going to spend another two, $300 in tickets. We're going to spend – you're going to spend twelve to $1,500 for the weekend to spend a weekend away, and that's your summer vacation. And here is a guy who clearly doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about that. He, doesn't, he just tells you, go somewhere else. I don't care that you're going – we want to win too. Really? Because you've blown this thing up 15 times in the last 25 years. You gave Joey Votto a ridiculous contract that nobody else would have give. And I'm not saying Joey Votto is not a good player, but it was a dumb contract. You've – what free agent wants to come to Cincinnati? Tell me who's begging to come to Cincinnati. And then you make comments like that, where else are you going to go? You know where else I'm going to go? I'm going to go to Cleveland. I'm going to go to Detroit. I'm going to go to Kansas City. Wherever else I want to go. Th that, to me, that, that, is, that is as bad of a statement an owner can make as I've ever heard. There. Well, and, and it is bad, but the reason it's bad is because 
at least from my perspective, is he's talking about with the resources that we have available, we're doing the best we can, and he's kind of defensive of what they're trying to do. Now listen, there's an Orioles fan out there who could say, you guys need to quit whining and hold my beer. There's a Pirates fan out there. There's probably a Marlins fan out there, probably a Diamondbacks fan out there that could all say, just shut up. We don't need to hear you complain because of what your owner said. But I don't, again, I don't follow this closely. I don't know a lot of the details. Uh, I can look it up like everyone else. In fact, I have a couple times just to confirm that I'm, I'm right about this. But those Cleveland Guardians who I said are 4-2 and two and have won four in a row aren't talking about, hey, you know, we're going to suck. We know we're going to suck and we're doing the best we can. They've got the lowest payroll in the game this year. The lowest. They're under $30 million in payroll as a team. Nobody's talking about where else you're going to go. They're going to try to put a winner on the field. They're going to try to compete. How about the Tampa Bay Rays? The Tampa Bay Rays are never, in my estimation, going to be inside the top 15 in payroll in the major leagues. But they're in the postseason every year. They, they, somehow they find a way. So I don't know if, there's, if they have more resources and choose not to use them. Garrett, you might know more about how all this works than I do. But I'm looking at a Cincinnati Reds team that right now is in the slap middle of the payroll rankings for this season, and yet there is less hope at that number 15 payroll ranking than there is probably at all but one or two teams behind them. I think they've won. They've spent poorly, and that cost you Jesse Winker because you you right you made the stipulation of whoever takes to get Jesse Winker you got to take Eugenio Suarez. They've spent poorly. They didn't. I don't think they've ever really had a, a great plan for how they're going to dig out of the the basement. And and when they got to the fringe of the playoffs, they tore it down and the justification was nothing. They never said, hey, here's why we tore it down. They never said, hey, here's the reasoning behind trading Jesse Winker and Sonny Gray and not re-signing to Castellanos. Tell me, tell me one thing, either of you, Tell me one thing David Bell has done to make this a better organization. Just one thing. This is the man that two years ago let off a catcher. Who does that? Who leads the catcher off? You guys know what I'm talking about. I've never seen anything like it in my life. When he talks, it he sounds like Jim Harbaugh. Like He's trying to think of what to say. See, now next. you could have gone all day and not said that. Now I'm now – I, 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 I have never really committed one way or the other on David Bell. I could take him or leave him. I guess where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> but when you said he sounds like Jim Harbaugh, now I'm instantly leaning the hey, other hey, way. Hey, David, why'd you leave the catcher off? Oh, uh, well, uh, did you see that squirrel in the tree? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, Dave. You're leaving there, the catcher off. There are unconventional ways of doing things. I mentioned the Rays Have you before. ever heard anybody leave no, the catcher off? No, I haven't. The, but then, I'm also, then unconventional is not the word to use. Well, it, it, <laughs> what makes it unconventional is if it's successful. It wasn't. It, right. It's not. I mean, so when, when you talk about the Marlins handling, or not the Marlins, excuse me, the Rays handling of a pitching staff and, 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 and having bullpen days that now everybody's kind of taken hold of because it was kind of stupid sounding when it first happened and then it worked yeah. for a few so I you know I, I don't know I just know that this team doesn't appear to have a direction when you yeah. look at when you look at personnel moves not just with the roster but within the organization coaches constantly leaving or, 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 or positions changing and and it feels like well we've chosen a new direction well how long did the last one last 18 months no 
Because I'm not real inspired by a new direction 18 months into what was supposed to be the new direction. But the organization hasn't changed since you were a little kid and I was a little kid. Listen, since 1990 was the last World Series championship. Great team. Everything went. Everything fell. Here, you and I and Garrett, we, we, can, we can say what's exactly going to happen. All right? So they're going to start out horrid, okay? They're going to reel off seven or eight wins in mid-May. And then at the end of May, they're going to go on a 12-game West Coast road trip, and they're going to lose 9 out of 12. And then we're going to get to hear everybody in the organization say, well, we went to the West Coast. Did you go in a horse and buggy? What, what do you mean you went on a West Coast road trip? We get the same thing year after year after year. We'll get 7-game win streaks and 12-game losing streaks. I'll, I'll bet you whatever you want to bet we don't see a 7-game win streak this year. Ooh, that's close. <laughs> I did, uh, the one thing, the biggest problem I have is at, at a time where baseball's biggest kind of problem is everybody thinks that the owners think that way. You come out he and just, play, you, and you just come flat down. out and say, hey, <laughs> if you don't like it, yeah. what are you going to do about it? I guess I could pick the team up and move. Would you like that? Well, no, you could just not be an idiot. <laughs> and that's asking too much. <laughs> do we have poll questions we got to get to? We do. To? We do. Or do you want to do them now? Fire them no. out there. You want to wait till right after the Let's, break? We'll do after fo- football five fifteen. Right. We'll do football, football five fifteen is next. Yep. We'll take our f- next Don Jenkins jeweler timeout. Come back to football five fifteen, and we'll get to those Twitter poll questions. We're a little bit out of order, but we want to make sure that we get to our vonsjewelry.com Twitter poll questions so we can give you the results at the end of the program. But we got to step aside for that break right now. We'll be back at football five fifteen after this Don Jenkins jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio ninety three one The Fan. Back here inside the Basement Doctor Studio, cooking the monster presented by Lewis Family McDonald's. You can apply online. LewisFamilyMcDonald's. Give me that address again. Is it LewisFamilyMcDonald's? Work at MCD.com. Work at MCD.com. Work today and get paid tomorrow at LewisFamilyMcDonald's. We got to get a little football at 515. And Service Master at your service welcomes you to football at 515. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why at Service Master, they don't cut corners. They clean them. Don't read the show sheet, Garrett. So, so a few a few weeks ago, I guess probably a week and a half ago or so, we had the discussion about uh, you saw it. the uh, the Washington Commanders had been accused by a scorned employee that they had cooked the books. They had two sets of books actually that they gave to the NFL and one they kept for themselves. And uh, we talked about it at the time of whether th- that was true or whether there was any credence to that. Well, the Federal Trade Commission has investigated and said. In not so many words. Yeah, that's true. That, there were uh, two sets of books. There were two sets of books, and that the commanders were keeping uh, roughly millions of dollars away from other NFL franchises by saying that ticket money for their NFL games was actually for uh, you know a Kenny Chesney concert or for college football games that happened at their stadium. When in reality, they were the money was for NFL teams and or for NFL tickets, and it should have been split up between other teams. So they're 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 crooks. And that's a that's a fun thing to say about an NFL team. Well, it might be the nicest thing that's been said or it's could true. be said about Daniel Snyder in several years. That's true. Now, I and mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. To call the man a dishonest businessman is nearly complimentary <laughs> compared to what we have learned about Daniel Snyder or, or maybe had confirmed that we already had strong feelings about with Daniel Snyder. I, I have a question about the whole NFL realm of things because you can't oftentimes compare one professional sports league to another we saw the extraordinary circumstances that it t- uh, that it took for the nba to remove an owner yes in la with donald 
I don't even like to talk about Donald Sterling, but it got done. What? No. What's? The, what? All it took was him saying the N word a yeah. lot on tape. What? 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 <laughs> he said it a lot. A lot. <laughs> what is the possibility that the NFL just says you you can't be in our club anymore, Dan Snyder? That, that's that's not going to happen. The other owners aren't going to vote him out. He, he, guys, here's the way I look at this, and it's took me a long time to figure this out, and, and maybe I got it wrong. I don't know. We need to start looking at professional sports for what they are. It's entertainment. That's all it is. Because we're so invested, we're so – that's my team. We're so bent on having that faithful fan experience – it's, it's entertaining. But we just finished a segment in which we talked about the baseball owners basically being accused of and now Phil Castellini fully demonstrating that all they care about is the bottom line. If the rest of the owners can look around and say, that guy was taking from our bottom line. If that's not going to be enough to motivate these guys to want to remove a guy from the club, you, what do is? Know, do you know why they won't move him? Because they're all doing it. Uh, that's my... Like, <laughs> I wonder... How, what that, the, that's why it's not making news, Garrett. Well, I, I wonder, one, how much they care about, you know, what's the number that they care about that they've been scammed out of. Right. If it's, <laughs> you know, if it's $4 million, you well, know, that's, Jerry that's, Jones is like, that's a night at Diamonds, you know? I don't like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that's is enough that for... In, is that in Fort Worth or Dallas? Uh, uh, it's in the Metroplex somewhere. <laughs> I, I just wonder if, you know, if there's... A number to them that he scammed us out of fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that's a problem. Or and and then at the same time, I don't. I think Danny's right. At some point, that they don't want to set that precedent of, you know, a small trans, a small fifteen million dollar transaction can get your franchise taken away from me. But I don't think it's that. I think it's a culmination of the that's rampant my, guess, sexual harassment. Uh, I guess that would be my point. Is I don't think you remove him or try to remove him from the club because of this incident. You right. remove him from the club or try to because of the latest incident right he's been a flat-out embarrassment to the 31 of you because if, if if we go back four years ago and we find out he was stealing money four years ago and we add the rest of these things on the end of he stole that money i don't know that it changes things for me which order these things occur in but the general public including the fans of the washington commanders how about that i didn't even have to stumble yeah. they're tired of this guy and the league Although it prints money and has proven over and over that regardless of what happens with that league, it's going to print money. I got to believe the league on some level says, hey, we, you know, we, we got through the, the, the kneeling at the anthem garbage. We survived that as a league. We've got challengers in our backyard. We've got the USFL you know, starting up this week, right? right. We, we've got right. the XFL or whatever it is coming again in February. Like, we got to get black eyes on. We, we we can't afford any more of these. We've got to. I, I think there's a chance to do something here that puts them in a much much better light and gives them some positive momentum. Maybe there's not enough negative momentum created by this to bother anybody in the NFL because they are printing their own money. But I get I shudder at the notion that somebody can has to do more than this guy has done to be in any danger of not being an owner in the NFL anymore. If you've got to do more than this guy's done, I don't want to see what you got to do. Because we, we will see it. But how much, I mean, look look at guys like Bill Belichick. And he's not an owner, obviously. He's a coach, but he's violated. I mean, how much worse can it get than you taping the teams, running their plays, and blah, 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 and you've been caught multiple times at it. 
And nobody's ever, I mean, I know that's not as much as, you know, money laundering and that kind of stuff, but it, it doesn't but, but they, matter but they to these got, guys. But they got some sort of a consequence. He didn't. The, the franchise did, though. It slowed him down, did it? Well, I, I, I don't, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, yeah. all I know is doing nothing is going to yield you nothing. Right, no. And, I, I think the one thing that might benefit the NFL in their, if they say, hey, we want this guy out, is that the commanders are trying to get money for a new stadium. And you're trying to fleece Maryland, Virginia, the District of Columbia to be the ones the to pony DMV, up for it. baby. Right. And somebody's going to say, I'm not giving money to that crook. I'm not going to build a billion-dollar stadium for that guy. And if that's the thing that the NFL says, the NFL is going to make somebody else the bad guy. Roger Goodell and the 31 other owners are going to say, hey, our, our hand was forced. Uh, it was going to be detrimental to the league if we didn't get him out of there. So, Well, that, that so was my next go. question is what, what's Roger Goodell's – Role, what, what does his voice mean in addressing this? It's a great question. Is he a mouthpiece for the other owners? Does he does he speak in a way that influences the other owners, or does he wait until the other owners say, "Here's what you're going to where, say to address this"? Where does Snyder rank economic wise on the list of owners? Probably higher than you think. Yeah, I would, I would, I would he's got to be top five, don't you think? I would I, top ten minimum would yeah. be my guess. Garrett's much better at looking that stuff up quickly than I am. Hey, I mean, if there's any chance you can look, because that's going to play a big role in it. It really is. I am efforting right now. Did he say efforting? He is. He okay. did. Because we make words like that a verb all the time on this show. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. Here we go. Let me see. if I think I might have found it. Richest NFL owners in 2021. I would say Stephen Ross is $7 billion. Terry Pagula is $7.4 billion. Who's Pagula own? Uh, the Bills. I should have known that, but I didn't. Uh, top 15. Is Jones is number one? David Tepper is number one. Oh. David is the richest person in the world. Wow. Uh, according to this, Daniel Snyder's not in the top 15. Not wow, in the I'm top shocked. 15. I really am. Well, maybe that makes a difference then. I, it maybe might, it yeah. does, maybe it doesn't. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that Daniel Snyder has been in the news for the better part of a decade, decade and a half, fairly consistently. And none of it. I can't recall a single positive headline, unless you wanted to say that he insisted on drafting Dwayne Haskins, and, yeah. and that that qualifies as somehow a positive, which there's no way it does, but it looks positive compared to the other things. But let me ask you guys this: Why would they pick this as the tipping point? Because, I think it's the culmination. Bottom line, I, I was going to say eventually, yeah. hey, because you've now because it strikes six. Well, I'm thinking you know, money out of everybody. I, I think I, I, when I you think, said that, I think that's a really good I point. I think it impacts the rest of the league, yeah. but I also think you, you, anything that happened after everything we've been through would have would have drawn attention. This is something that not, not only – it's maybe not more egregious than the other things, but it certainly impacts the other franchises in, in a way that the other things don't necessarily. Well, the last two years, everybody's lost a little bit of money with COVID, and now you find out that this guy was stealing from everybody. Well, but that, uh, you know, that that's football-related revenue that goes into how high the salary cap is set. Sure. So the Players Association says, well, hold a second. Hold on a second. Should the salary cap be $2 million higher? Should it be sure. $5 million higher? How much money did you steal from other NFL owners? And that's, I think, a fair question. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm over Dan Snyder, and I, I don't really care who owns the teams that I root for very often. But if that guy owned my team, I'd have a lot harder time rooting for him maybe than I than I would have ever had for any team. And maybe Washington football fans feel the exact same. we got to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we'll have more football conversation because, well, Baker Mayfield's been talking.
And why wouldn't you want to chat about that? Join us after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. Cookie and the Monster, along with Danny Holbrook, Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. I'm John Cook. My partner's Garrett Seawright. We are joined in studio today by Danny Holbrook of WOSN. And we're talking sports. We've tried to avoid, I, I think, staying too locked in on one topic for very long. But the NFL is the NFL. It's the monster that it is. And we carry the Browns. And we can't get Baker Mayfield out of the news no matter how hard we try. Baker made a recent appearance on the You Never Know podcast. If you're not a podcast listener regularly, I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't at least listen to one from time to time and there are a zillion different ones out there but baker made the appearance on you never know podcast and obviously until baker finds another landing spot and begins to try and rejuvenate his career the heavy focus is going to be on what happened in cleveland how things went wrong and and there will be conversation about where we go from here but it doesn't seem as though the world is going to let baker mayfield just yet move past his cleveland experience and during the podcast, Garrett, it appears that Baker had a lot to say on a lot of different things related to the failure of his time in Cleveland. Yeah, so the first thing I think is somewhat interesting is he explains, because they never really like officially said what his injury was, and so he went into kind of detail of how it happened, when it happened, and, and what actually happened. Well, so I tore my labrum completely, like, full front, like basically 90% in the back. Um, and then that was week two. I did that in the first half. Played the rest of the game was fine because like, I'm sure I was watching that game. Rare, rare, a rare sit down for me. That was a Mayfield versus Amendola. <laughs> it was a showdown. Love it. Couple Shout of out showdown. David the best. Amendola. The best. Uh, but then four weeks later, we were playing the Cardinals, and I dislocated my shoulder again. But I dislocated it so bad and at a different angle that the bone, like the humerus that goes up into your shoulder socket, like the big bone right here, mm-hmm. comes up into your ball and socket and it forced its way out and I fractured the bone because it like it wasn't going to be like just a clean exit right so I fractured the bone so when I had the labrum done and that fracture the inflammation I mean I had no function in my left shoulder Mm. and we were going into a week a Thursday game that week Monday I couldn't lift my arm but I literally when I when I couldn't raise my arm I was like I I can't do this Mm. but I kept playing he did he did keep playing. I'm tired of debating whether or not that was the right thing to do. The answer is it was the wrong thing to do. It was the wrong thing for the team. It was the wrong thing for him. And I'm not sure who convinced him or why he stayed convinced that he was putting out this warrior appearance and, and demonstrating to the team how badly he wanted to play as though that was some sort of positive. It was the wrong thing to do. And it was the beginning of the end. And it's his fault. I, that's the way I see this. Yeah, th- th- this is not. Listen, it's over. Okay, you're out of town. Everybody knows you're out of town. This sounds like a guy going through a divorce who's trying to tell you, well, I did the dishes. I groomed the dog. I mowed the yard. Yeah, I they did, don't, they uh, don't listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, seriously, it's – listen, Baker, just stop. I, I'm a, Listen, you know, you guys know I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. I am. I, he, nobody questions his toughness, but Kevin Stefanski did him zero favors. Zero favors putting him out there every day we know you're tough but it's over it's they've signed watson you're never going to play there again just stop it but there's some there's some benefit to me as a guy who was curious about the whole unfolding of the situation to get a little post-mortem anyway oh he 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 talks about kind of both of those things in in this clip because they were at that low point like you bring in guys like miles garrett david and joku and jabril peppers in the same draft and so you start bringing in because they're at that low point you can bring in the right culture guys 
But guess what? If you're bringing in the right culture, guys, you have to feed into it. You have to let that be the one. You have to let that take over. And like, you bring in a guy like Jarvis Landry in free agency, and the guy will work his ass off for you. But like, you have to follow those culture guys to get a place like that turned around. And you know, that's that's where I'm at right now. Is like, I really, truly, honestly, have no regrets of my time in Cleveland of what I tried to give to that place. And true Clevelanders and true Browns fans know know that. And that's why I can walk away from the whole situation feeling like I, I did it. And, and that's a great statement. I just haven't seen anything from him that demonstrates that he actually believes that and is living what he's saying right there. When's he going to walk away? Because he ain't walking away. He's still living in the moment. <laughs> Seriously, he's still living in the moment. He's trying to convince uh, half of the fan base. Well, that, and, and that's why I said until he finds a landing place, sure. this is going to be the conversations that he has to have. I just... I find less value in a statement like that one when, I don't know, I guess that sounds like a leader to me. What he's trying to say there sounds leader-ish, if, yeah. if that's a word. But yet I've not heard, to this day, I've not heard a single player come forward on his behalf and say, that was our guy. We appreciate the right. things he did. That's the guy yeah, we wanted to play. Great There's point. not one guy that's come out and said that this was our leader. Was he, Was he? Uh, Garrett, let me ask you, was he... Uh, was he putting down Najoku and no? Miles so Garrett? so they, they they basically the the question before that was okay, yeah, was uh, how did you how did you feel going into a situation where a team had won one game in, oh, okay. in the previous two okay. years? And he said basically, you know, they did a really good job the draft before mine, where they draft Miles Garrett, David Njoku, and Jabril Peppers, and then they bring in Jarvis Landry, guys who are going to fix the culture. Okay, and then he felt like he was putting his he, he went in to help feed into that as well. But when he played, he basically kind of insinuated, "I got, I got denigrated for playing, gotcha. playing hurt when, when everybody else was kind of viewed as, hey, you need to be a warrior, you need to be out here and playing all the time." And then when it got to me, it was, "Man, this guy sucks." Get a list of those guys and tell me the games that they missed due to injury, and I, I bet it's a fairly significant yeah. number of games that they went ahead and missed because they were hurt. Nobody else was yeah. making you feel like you had to play. And unless it, unless it really was Kevin Stefanski saying no, we got to have you, got to have you, got to have you, get out there and suck so I can make a quarterback change. I, I I'm I'm as big a conspiracy theory guy as the next one if it's reasonably believable. But that sounds ridiculous to me, right. and that sounds to me like again I just I don't necessarily need to blame anybody, but I do need somebody to be willing to take responsibility for what was a poor choice from the very beginning. Where I struggle with it is. I think Baker believes that he did what he needed to do to try and be a leader for his team, to try and reflect the warrior that he is. Now he wants to talk about the Browns disrespecting him. Well, I mean, yeah, the respect thing is like, it, it's all, it's all going to be like a personal opinion. No, I, I feel disrespected, 100%, mm-hmm. because I was told one thing and they completely did another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. And you know what? Okay, I got, I got my taste of it because I've had four different head coaches in four years, a bunch of different coordinators. I mean, I had great times my rookie year. Like, I didn't I didn't start in the beginning. I came in and got to have fun the back half of the year. 2019 sucked. 2020 was great. Made the playoffs. 2021 was miserable. It's like, yeah. I'm just looking for stabilization right now. And, like, I know what I need to do for me to be, to be the best version of me and to be able to lead an organization. And, like, I'm in a good place right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're you're, you're still in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> you're still in Cleveland. You're fourth string. You're behind Josh Dobbs. <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than that. And you don't have a team. You're not in a good place right now. And you're still caught up in this whole mess. Is there any point in the podcast, Garrett, where he elaborates on being told one thing? No. And and so what uh, what NFL insiders had reported when the Deshaun Watson stuff started to heat up 
was that at the NFL Draft Combine in Indianapolis, the Browns brass told Baker Mayfield's agent and Baker Mayfield, you're our guy, but if we feel like we can, we're only going to go after elite level guys. I would say on the field, Deshaun Watson is an elite level guy. So for Baker Mayfield to say, I was told one thing and they did another. And I don't, Baker, if you paid attention for four years, they never, they, they never committed to you being their guy. They did everything they could to not commit to you being their guy. So I don't know what the one thing they told him that they then did another, but reportedly what they told him was the only person we're going to go after is essentially Deshaun Watson. That's who they went after and that's who they got. I In professional sports, I would love to say that you can have an ethical standard that matches every other area of life. I just don't think that that's true. I don't think that it, it's not a college sport. I don't. And I, I wouldn't like it if I were a player, but I would hopefully be willing to accept the notion that I don't should don't need and should not expect anyone in the front office to say I'm the guy. It's my job to go demonstrate that I'm right. the guy, and it's my job to understand that everybody's position on this football team is up for grabs if somebody better becomes available. If we don't all work every single day from that mindset, how are we going to go anywhere anyway? I, th- I think Baker's lack of maturity and an attempt before the start of last season to try and reframe himself as a more mature person was was roundly challenged. His maturity yes. was roundly challenged by the entirety of this circumstance and his lack of maturity shown through and I can't I can't see it any other way. And and he's he he almost gets to the point. He almost gets it right in this clip. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I got caught up in all the like negativity and stuff uh, during the year last year. Postseason I when I got my sur- surgery was out in California, my marketing agent's out there. I had him grab all my social media, change all the passwords, delete it off my phone. It's the best thing in the world. Like, you're gonna ask, what's that do for me? Like, I don't hear opinions that don't matter to me. And I, I realized that I paid so much attention to things that really don't matter. As much as I say that I don't see it, I, mean, I used to see everything. Because mm. I, I would feed into it then. And it was like, it was cute at a high school stage of like, uh, Baker Mayfield will never get a scholarship, he'll never be able to make it in college. Then when it gets to the point where it's it's on a national television thing, then you get you get households talking about it, you get a bunch of people, it's just all negativity. And if I'm constantly reading that, I start to think about that in my own head. You mean you told people one thing and did another? He almost got the point <laughs> yeah. of, you know, I, I figured out that these opinions don't matter, but then I'm going to spend the next 35 seconds telling you how much it matters to me. Well, no, it can't be both. You, like, you can put on that hard exterior shell and say, you can say whatever you want about me. It doesn't matter. And then at the same time, be like, I delete all this stuff because it bothered me. In fact, I had to have another person <laughs> right, delete right. it for me because yeah, I wasn't like, able to do that. Don't you guys get so tired of hearing professional athletes and coaches and anybody involved in the sport? I don't, I don't look at that stuff. I don't watch that stuff. So let me get this straight. You spent your entire life engrossing in basketball, football, whatever your sport is, and, and all you do is eat, sleep, and drink basketball, and then when you make it to the pros, I don't pay attention to that stuff. That's garbage. It's around you 24-7. It- you know, Kevin Durant had a burner Twitter account, Twitter burner account, because <laughs> yeah. he didn't care what people said about him. Now, come on now. I, we're, we're, I'm, I'm not, old, old boy was popping last night, though. So, <laughs> oh, so, there. so, so to, to kind of... <laughs> to kind of put a bow on this thing for me i guess it comes down to what i said to you guys earlier too i I, I still i'm trying to figure out one the landing spot and two 
the timetable for when we know when can this be done? Because I something's got to happen soon, right? I don't know. I th- I think they're going to wait till draft night. I think though they're hoping. I think they're hoping that someone panics. I don't think they release him. I think I they think get, they do. I do, do too. You? I, I think I they think, release I him. Think, and I think it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Because but. there are two there are two plausible landing spots. One is Seattle and the yes. other is Pittsburgh. Yeah. You're not going to trade him to the Steelers. No, I think the Steelers are waiting for him to be released. I, I know, and, <laughs> and the Seahawks are going to say, yeah. "Screw it, release yeah. him, and we'll 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 have a, a derby for him." No, but, but but I'm not going to I'm not going to give yeah. you anything for him because just, I'm not yeah. going to pay him 18 million dollars to potentially be my backup quarterback or my bridge guy. I'm not going to do it. I just think Andrew Barry's waiting for someone to panic. Oh, you need you need yeah, a quarterback. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, but, but but I think you're right. I think they they probably will release. Him. It is the ultimate gamble if you're the Browns to play that out because I think the entire league looks at this and says no nah, they got to cut it yeah they're gonna I, that, that, right that's guy. the, the thing Browns are the only team in the league that knows they're not going to cut you well, that's what I'm saying so what I, I think they're playing an awful risky game, game that they Dangerous really can't game. win one final Don Jiggins jeweler timeout we'll come back we'll do a water cooler conversation and I swear I'm going to touch on the NBA because well Got I, I like the NBA. We got to touch on the NBA. John Cook, Garrett C. Wright, Cookie and the Monster, along with Danny Holbrook here on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. Final time here inside the basement doctor studio. I uh, want to say I'm blaming the weather because I blame the weather for everything. And then, you know, weather and then the baseball and everything kind of put us off kilter. So we never really got to our Twitter poll questions. And we do. We did have some VonsJewelry.com Twitter poll questions. We can talk about that briefly. We did. We asked, did Phil Castellini disrespect Reds fans yesterday? 87% say yes. 13%, where are you and what are you thinking? <laughs> what, what, are the, what are the 13% thinking? That's not disrespectful. We also asked, should managers leave starting pitchers throwing a perfect game or no hitter in the game? 72% say yes. Uh, Clayton Kershaw was perfect through seven innings today, only 80 pitches, and he got yanked. What a saving for the rush. I think season. everybody's got him on a on a 70 to 80 pitch count here because of the, the stunted spring training. Am only, I right? Oh, yeah, but only 23 people have thrown a perfect game. Also, <laughs> uh, we asked, did the Browns disrespect Baker Mayfield by trading for Deshaun Watson? 68% saying no, no, they did not. John on Twitter says, Baker deserved better. And those are our poll questions brought to you by Vons Diamonds Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. You don't advance in professional sports by making sure everybody gets what he deserves. He's or, about to get That's an idealistic view that is understandable, but it's absolutely not the way professional sports works. You cannot that's like not the it. way anything works. It's not the way life works. That, that's that's fair. He's no, about to get better fair. weather. It, 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 the only place he can Maybe. go the worst weather is Buffalo, and they're not going to take him. Fair point. Yeah, he's about to get better weather. How about water cooler conversation from you two Hanyucks? So... <laughs> <laughs> I hated the NBA play-in tournament until they did it. Love it now, baby. I didn't like it. Seven it, it, plays eight, nine plays ten. Winner moves on. Winner moves on. Winner loser moves plays on. winner. Right. Loser, loser plays winner. Can I give a shout-out to the boys up in the USSS Virginia and Kittery, Maine? My son and his buddies are listening tonight. Well, hey, we, we only gave you an hour. It's the best we got. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry if about that. you spent time doing that, we're not even going to apologize. You made that choice. <laughs> Cavs fell last night, 115-108 to the Nets. They get another shot. On Friday, I don't even know. I guess we'll find out tonight who they play come Friday because the 9-10 matchups are tonight in the NBA playoffs. Oh, by the way, the Timberwolves beat the Clippers as well at home. Home court was a big deal. Hornets and Hawks tonight. Spurs and Pels tonight. I'm rooting for the Hornets because I think the Cavs can beat the Hornets. Don't think they can beat the Hawks. That's kind of the way I look at that. Cookie and the Monsters wrap for another day. We will talk to you again tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Me and Garrett Seawright right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan.